Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. Due to popular demand, due to my wife's popular demands. <laughs> hey, if you guys start talking to us more, it would be more than just Rachel giving us feedback, but we still love her. <laughs> yeah, so far, our speaker to listener ratio is three to one. <laughs> We're going to talk about codependency and explain what that is a little bit more. Codependency is where uh, every relationship has to balance togetherness and separateness codependency there is more togetherness too much togetherness and not enough separateness it can also just to clarify both partners do not have to be in a codependent relationship in the sense of like both do not have to be codependent people one can be a codependent person and the other can be someone who's just allowing that to happen the relationship is codependent yes but the person that appears codependent would look very different in other people's minds yeah but it doesn't have to be both people are having this we need to be together all the time it can one party as long as there is one party in the relationship who is portraying that the co the the relationship can then be called a codependent relationship it doesn't have to be both there are three basic kinds of codependent relationships. Mm -hmm. There's the kind where most people think of where you're feeling each other's feelings. Um, you're trying to anticipate each other's needs to the extreme. You can't tolerate each other's discomfort. And so you're essentially kind of one person in two bodies. Can we refer to this as the Romeo and Juliet type? Yeah, you know, just super traditionally healthy. Lots of people die as a result of your three-day fling. Twilight. Emotionally or physically. Yes. So we would also call this within like the relationship realm, um, addictive love. Um, just so you know, it's this idea of like, so there's three different types. So we're going to, Taylor has his training. Jen has hers. I have mine. And it's funny because all, a lot of these trainings are coming from the same root of what's going on, but they have a lot of words and a lot of, um, titles for it. So I learned about this in the standpoint of there's nurturing there's romantic and there's addictive love and romantic is like, you know, the, the honeymoon phase nurturing is a positive, healthy relationship. We'd call that a secure relationship. Addictive would be this codependent, right? I can't live without you. Like, honestly, look at every preteen girl in the early two thousands, Pinterest board of quotes about love. And you would find a lot of codependent quotes. Yeah. You're not sharing the same goals. You're only looking at each other. You can't think beyond the present because your view only encapsulates each other. I want to identify too that this is not just you really like each other or want to be together because I would say in my marriage, I really like being with my husband. We spend a lot of time together. The difference is, is when you start to make damaging decisions for yourself and or other people based on the need and desire to be together mm -hmm. right so in a healthy relationship you can really enjoy each other's time you can really like each other that's not the same thing as codependent codependent is where your obsession with being together and this goes back to the addiction that Haley is talking about you're starting to make poor decisions and or have negative consequences because of the relationship yep
no friends, no hobbies outside of each other. Your work or school are suffering because you're not spending any time outside of each other. Or, um, hey, she wants to spend time with me, so I'm going to blow off classes. And there are phases of this in different relationships. Like some people talk about, like I've seen some friends go through these phases, like right after they get married or in a new relationship. But this is when it lasts consistently, sorry, when it lasts consistently for more than three or six months that it's going on. The second kind is where we have one person enabling another person's destructive behavior. What I've often seen with parents of teenagers is giving them the money to buy the drugs that they know is killing them. Um, I've had parents giving their children uh, hundreds of dollars a week to thousands of dollars a week to tens of thousands of dollars a week, knowing that they are overdosing and they're continuing to do it because they can't tolerate any upset from their teenager like nope you don't love me if you don't give me this money or screw you mom and so they give them more money and a new range rover mm-hmm. you also see this a lot with um i think even when they're children um minors you see that where it's rather than having the essentially this is coming from a situation of rather than knowing that my other person in this relationship my partner my child my friend is going to go through a difficult time i'm going to try to avoid them going through that difficult time at all costs and i will just feed the issue um and so you can see that as a child with a parent where the parent will rather than let the child self-soothe to an extent right i think self-soothing unfortunately some people take it to an extreme um but rather than letting the child go through a difficult thing like you know they weren't invited to their friend's birthday party so they take them to disneyland right because like i just don't want them to be sad or something you know along those lines um or their one child you know earned a really great you know award and so they're celebrating that child and in order to make the other child not feel saddened or uncomfortable by that and not being able to like just be excited for their siblings, you know, stuff, you see that parent like, well, I'm going to buy them this, right? So, so Haley, as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing you talk about the difference. It's actually really manipulative to be in that kind of relationship because you're trying to control what feelings, even if you what feelings the other person has, including saying you're not allowed to feel pain or any of the negative range of emotion. And as we've talked about before, if you can't feel the negative, you cannot fully experience the positive. And so you're actually limiting this person's life experience when you overperform. Because I think a lot of people would say, well, what's so different about what you just said and just being a good parent? So I wonder if we could talk a little bit about, you know, when it how we go from you know you have a baby who you do have to meet all their needs or they will probably most likely die Mm -hmm. to then moving out of that and starting to allow them to try and fail on their own because a lot of codependence starts in these early relationships the third kind is um what people would probably never consider a codependent relationship and it's just as codependent as the other two And it's where you're always fighting. If uh, the first one is codependent, like two black holes colliding because they're just being pulled towards each other incredibly hard. 
The last kind is uh, two magnets pushing each other apart. So this is the idea maybe of like how Superman and Lex Luthor happen. Is that what you're talking about, Taylor? Yeah, they're incredibly entangled. They right. are obsessed with each other. They pushing. can't not. But rather than trying to take care of each other, they're tearing each other down. Um, they're always fighting. They can't have a day go by where they're not arguing. I mean, they might have a couple here and there, but there's always snide comments. There's sarcasm. There's snark. There's contempt. And even going out with friends will become awkward because there's always some kind of jab at each other. Their feelings and thoughts are so tied up in one another that they can't not do something negative. It's interesting because we're, as we're describing all three of these types, one of the commonalities I'm seeing is this hypervigilant for, for the awareness of someone else, right? So I can't not think about somebody else for whatever reason, whether it's because I'm obsessed with them, because whether I hate them to the point that I am constantly trying to push them away, or even to I can't tolerate their la their experience of pain or discomfort. And so it's the hyper-awareness of somebody else constantly. There's a, there's a quote, I'm trying to remember who said it, but it says, uh, small minds think of people, medium average minds think of places and great minds think of ideas and so it's the idea of saying like we're we're stuck on that first tier rather than being able to like go off and think about other things yeah what encompasses codependency regardless of the three kinds is you're you're stuck on someone you have poor emotion regulation and you have poor boundaries or no boundaries and along with that, then you have poor poor accountability, meaning either too much or too little accountability in these relationships, meaning that you can't ever you can't ever repair the relationship or that you can't ever move into a place and hold someone accountable in the relationship so that we can be healthy again. Yeah. So there's a lot of controlling behaviors in these relationships. Uh, that doesn't mean that there's always control, but that a lot of times there is that someone is only ever in charge of the finance and the other person doesn't know how to do any of it. They uh, may not have uh, any access to any of it and they're only given small amounts of money. That would be the third kind where um, just constant fighting and things like that. It may also be the enabling kind where, nope, you're not capable of doing anything so I'm gonna do it all for you. Um, and then uh, there's lots of snow plowing where um, I'm going to make sure that I take care of any obstacles that might come up. Not even the ones that do come up, but just possibly might come up. And so you get parents or spouses that are contacting teachers for adults that are in university. And like, nope, we're going to take care of this grade, even though they can't do that. And then they get angry when legally the university can't respond to anything. I see this a lot too in working with teenagers is that sometimes they are so when teenagers become out of control and start to be a danger to themselves or others often their parents have been um villainized the kids they're they're so mad mom and dad say no they tried to hold boundaries or mom and dad didn't know enough whatever it is and so then when they do come into treatment we we move then to work against the therapist right and they think that that is rescuing the relationship that well, the therapist can hold boundaries, but I'm not going to hold boundaries. And so this is another... they'll never forgive me and we won't have a relationship. 
Right. And so part of the work that we do when you're in codependence is we, we both model boundaries, but we also teach you and walk you through holding a healthy boundary. And if you haven't had healthy boundaries, here's the truth. It's going to be painful. You're going to be really uncomfortable. The person on the other end of the relationship is going to be really uncomfortable and vice versa. If you've never forgiven somebody, then that's going to be really uncomfortable too. We've talked about cell membranes being a good metaphor for boundaries that it lets good things in, it gets rid of waste, it keeps bad things out and so on. Um, Cancer is uncontrolled cellular growth. And so if we use that as a metaphor for poor boundaries, codependency, you know, this lack of boundaries is really a kind of cancer for relationships that there's all kinds of uncontrolled behavior and there's no distinction between one person and the other. And so it's just kind of this tumor that's functioning and attacking. I go back to to this idea of, I like the way you explain that because I really enjoy spending time with my husband. I really, we spend a lot of time together in our schedule and stuff like that. But when I'm away from him, I don't worry about him. I'm not, I'm not worried that, you know, I have to manage the emotions or I have to do that. We make room for the other person to have an independent life, to enjoy their friends and those kinds of things. And and that's important when we have a spouse or a partner who's saying, you can't go have fun with anyone else. That's wrong. That can be a sign of codependence because it's normal to have multiple relationships, not just one. But I think it's also in context, right? So like, let's say your husband is going to a doctor's appointment while you're at work you worrying about him in the context of that part of the relationship, I think that's well within a healthy boundary of saying, I'm allowed to worry about my partner while he's in something that could potentially, not that we're even expecting a big thing to happen, but just, you know, I can think about it. Now, if I'm over-engaged in that worry and that's become my only pivotal thing and all it is is a regular yearly checkup, then yeah, I've over-engaged in that and that does look into that codependent realm. So I think when we talk about it, we're not saying for people to be absolutely avoidant of all emotions towards someone. I think it definitely always goes back to is the amount of effort that I'm putting into keeping the connection with this person matching the amount of the crisis that's happening right now, right? Or the amount of the um, situation that's happening at this moment. And going back to the idea of if I know my husband is doing something and I'm holding some space for that, is it affecting my ability to function in the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Because if that doesn't match, if I'm saying, I, I can't do my job today because my husband has, you know, an appointment he's really excited about with, with you know, somebody, then I am not holding enough space for myself. And so it goes back to how much is it affecting your life and your biz- ability to function? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in really, in, in domestic violence situations, right? If we go to the other extreme, you have one of the signs that happens is is they start to isolate because they're not allowed to have other relationships because they're trying to control what the person is doing. And so that would be the the third one that Taylor talked about where um, we constantly have to avoid or engage in the against me dynamic, or I'm always afraid that my spouse is going to hurt me, or I'm always afraid that they're going to betray me and those kinds of things when, and this goes back to what Haley's saying, when there's not evidence that that's happening. Yeah. And I think that bottom line, looking at what codependency looks like, I think if you're feeling like you are seeing that that unbalancedness is happening, then it's good to look into this and saying like, how much of 
this these attributes are kind of taking control and labeling my relationship but if you're noticing there's a balance and not just like making an excuse of like well they didn't mean it or this you know but if you're noticing there's a good balance to the point of like it's allowing you both to go through your emotions and you're it's allowing you both to experience things and it's also allowing you to like have the those uncomfortable moments by being okay with it then i think you're already you can identify that maybe that the codependency isn't happening but if you're noticing that you aren't feeling like you can be authentic with your emotions if you don't feel like your partner can be authentic then i think it's good to look into it and say like well let's kind of just be curious about it and i think if you are feeling like you're allowed to be curious you're already in a good space not saying you're in the best space but you're in a safe enough space to be able to explore it which is great if you can't be curious about it, that automatically shows you that you're probably in a difficult scenario. So I was going to say, is codependence as clear as mud? Yeah, I know, right? You'll know it if you're in it. And if you're in it, you might not know. It. But I think I think getting feedback from other people is really important because sometimes we don't want to hear other people's feedback. But this is the point of having a support system is sometimes they can see our blind spots. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.